Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hello, and welcome to episode 123 of the Modern Woodworkers Association. This is the second half of the discussion that Sean and I started in episode 122. And in this episode, we'll actually get to the topic we had intended to discuss, the new Festool Sanders. So with that... Yeah, I think we should uh, slide into our advertised main topic, which I'm sad to say I can't directly <laughs> speak to because I still don't have mine. And what, I'm, what we're talking about is the Festool Pro 5 LTD Sander that was announced... Was it October of 2016? It might have been as late as November, but it was certainly no later than that. It was in the fall of November 16, and um, I was hesitant when I first saw it, but I then I jumped on it, and um, they were available at a bunch of different sellers. But this was a Festool sander uh, for a hundred dollars. Yeah, and what were, I don't even know if are they still available? As best I can tell, no. So it was, um, this was like a one-run shot. I, I think strange. so. So. Let's just describe what it is. It's the Pro it's Pro 5 Pro LTD. 5. That's the model number. I, yes. I'm staring at it across the shop, but I can't read the model number from where I am. Um, and that's it, because you got yours, and I don't have mine. That is, that's absolutely true. <laughs> um, and I think maybe you ordered yours a day later than mine. Like It wasn't a, it wasn't a big difference when we ordered it. I, I, I told you an email. I've, I've contacted my seller, which I think was like Festool USA or, or something like that. And um, they, they got back to me and said, yeah, you were in wave three of orders and da 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 And it was backward. It was supposed to be delivered in December, and yeah. you just got yours in late January? Yeah, I got mine about a or week ago. Earliest of- Okay. Um, maybe, maybe a little less than that. So it's now, it's currently February 6th. So I probably got mine the very, the tail end of January, the maybe January 31st to February 1st, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'll get mine in the coming weeks, but as to date, I don't have one, but I know you've, well, at least you, you put online that you were testing it. And you had some opinions on it, and I'm curious to see. I do, and I'm going to... You have way more experience with Festool Sanders than I do. I'm going to ask you to wax on a bit and make good radio while I run across the shop and just grab them so I can reference them as I discuss this. So um, what what kind of sander do you have right now, Sean? So I I currently, I just have a Bosch, and I cannot remember if it's anything special, but it's just a five-inch random orbital sander. Uh, I mentioned it before. It needs uh, a bit of uh, uh, repair slash upgrade. The the platen has been damaged, and I, I don't know how good the bearing is anymore. It kind of uh, it, it wobbles a bit when you run it. Nothing worse than a damaged platen. <laughs> I, 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 that's that's both amusing to say and absolutely true. <laughs> the, well, yeah, the platen is, is what makes the sander. Yeah, yeah, and it's been it's been gouged uh, through misuse. Uh, in in all uh, honesty, but it um that will be my nearest comparison when I get it, and I know how it operates. It's just been a while since I've used it because okay. of its current state. Um, but again, the the prestige 
and appeal of the name Festool, the 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 green giant well, of woodworking, uh, drew me in. And I am, and from the sounds of it, a lot of people, if they were backordered, but I don't know what kind of trick they were pulling by doing a one-time run. Let me let me start by explaining what it is for anyone who doesn't know. Oh, please go for um, it. Is the in the realm of five-inch random orbit sanders which is, I'm going to say, the bulk of random orbit sanders that most people are used to. I think a lot of people who do a lot of sanding have perhaps moved up to a six-inch sander, but you go into a big box store, I, they're going to have maybe one or two six-inch, and everything else is going to be five-inch. Right. Um, so I'm presuming that most listeners have five-inch random orbit sanders. The the Festool version of the five-inch random orbit sander that was their five-inch random orbit for ever, up until very recently is their ETS-125 EQ. Rolls right off the tongue. Um, And it's a 5-inch random orbit sander. It is fairly smooth operating. It is, in my opinion, underpowered. Um, As all the Festool sanders do, it has good dust collection. Um. And it's, variable speed. I mean, it, let's, let's take off all the. Uh, it is variable speed, but my opinion is any good five-inch random orbit is variable speed. So yeah, don't okay. buy a single speed. The variable speed is actually worthwhile. Learn how to sand. Um, mm-hmm. and it's fine. And it goes for. I was just. I only know this because I was looking it up recently. Um, it go. It retails for one hundred ninety-five dollars, which for a five-inch random orbit is very expensive. Yes. Um, roughly $100 more than it should be. <laughs> um, that being said, it was a good, not great tool. In my experience, I found that on flat surfaces, it did a very good job. It was not good at rough sanding, but it was very delicate and did fine sanding very, very well. Um, and on a flat surface, it worked just fine. My complaint against it is that it was underpowered, and when you moved it to a narrow surface or a curved surface where you didn't have even pressure on the platen, mm-hmm. the random orbit mechanism, the random orbit mechanism, would not continue to rotate the disc. The disc would simply wobble back and forth. Really? Yeah, and hmm. the reason why I have this five inch sander from Festool while I have, you know, stated my complaints and I think it's overpriced is because Festool makes the interface pads for their sanders. That's about a half inch of soft foam that will fit in between the platen and the sandpaper. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to sand curves much easier than with just a flat platen, and it allows you to stand curves without putting flat sections on them. So, right, so the idea it's got the random orbiting operation, but the foam is allowing it to bend exactly while it while it's doing it. Exactly, Festool has a video showing their six inch sander doing this curved piece with the interface pad, and it works just like it's shown in their video. Um, it works very well with the six inch sanders and with the Rotex sanders that you can lock in and force to rotate. But with the small, with the ETS-125, their standard 5-inch sander, with the interface pad, it still just wobbles back and forth. So 
I do a lot of curved work and it was, I couldn't use it on curved work because it wasn't putting even pressure on the platen, which would not allow the platen to rotate. So it wasn't a, a random orbit. It was simply vibrating back and forth. Hmm. Um, Did that create tracks or, or you know, it, scars or otherwise? It would. It left a visible sanding pattern, but more hmm. than that, it just didn't sand. Hmm. Um, so while you would see the sanding pattern, it wasn't smooth. <laughs> Right, um, right. So it it was frustrating. Um, so that was my complaint about the ETS one twenty five. Now, when the Pro Five Limited, and I really don't know the ETS one twenty five is awkward as name as it has. It kind of fits in with the rest of their naming scheme for their yeah. Sanders. I don't know where they got the name Pro Five Limited. I have no idea. Apparently, I understand why it's limited now, but I don't understand where they got the name uh, Pro. I guess. Um. It's funny, as I hold the two in my hand, the Pro 5 is definitely heavier than the ETS-125. Interesting. But the Pro 5... So what is the step up from the ETS-125? It would be the uh, the ETS-153 and then the ETS-155. I presume that the 6-inch ones are called ETSs. I, again, they're across the room. I can't read the numbers from here. Um, but that would be their 6-inch their six six-inch standard random orbit sanders and the 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 150 represents 150 millimeters, I believe, is the circumference of the disc, which is six inches. Okay, the I was going to ask, what, yeah. what is their, what's the main difference between those if they only have one five inch? Well, the five inch has, I believe the five, I believe the ETS 125 has a three millimeter orbit, and it only mm-hmm. comes in that three millimeter orbit. Whereas the 153 has a three millimeter orbit and the one fifty five has a five millimeter orbit. So the five is more aggressive than the three. They're the same size. They're same both size random range. orbit, but one has but a, bigger a bigger orbit. stroke. They're right. making it more aggressive. Okay. Um so how does this new one stack up in those statistical categories? I will be honest, I don't know what the orbit stroke is. I believe it is the same three millimeter that the ETS-125 is. And I, my recollection is that the orbit stroke of the 5-inch ETS-125 is the same as the smaller ETS-153. So that's why I'm saying it's a 3-millimeter. I don't know that for a fact. Um, right. But I believe that the new Pro 5 is the same orbit stroke as the ETS-125. So um, if, I, if I can say, by as I just pulled up their website, their pitch on it doesn't say anything about its random orbit stroke it says it is more powerful now let me just ask you you have the festool usa website up uh yes currently i was on it yesterday or maybe the day before and i wasn't able to find the pro 5 limited on it where did you find i it? i literally just listed searched for that and a link to it says and it says pro 5 limited number 201234 and then it says sold out okay because I went to Festool USA or whatever the Festool American website is. I think it's just Festool oh. USA. Y- yesterday, the day before, because I, when I posted my picture of the Pro 5 Limited, someone asked me, is it a good deal? Should I get one? And I wanted to – I said, yeah, it's, it is a good deal, and I'll get to that in a second. But should you get but one? You can't get it. <laughs> I wanted to see how, you know, how they were available. Um, but let me just first talk about the differences. 
is right. I did find the stroke, by the way. Okay, what is it? It's two millimeter. Two millimeter. Okay. So it's it's even finer than the six inch. Yeah, it, it says it is the has their finest sanding stroke of okay. two millimeter and the ideal one handed machine for maximum surface quality, weight, power, uh, ergonomics, yada yada yada. It's, so that appears to be the main difference between it is that it's a finer stroke and more power. And, and that's than, what, than PS125. That's what I'll attest to is that the 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 biggest difference is first of all it has the protector on it which is this guard that goes around the platen. Yeah, is and, that like um It's like a cow I'm, catcher I'm, but for a sander. Yeah. It's like the um the, the routers have that thing too where it kind of directs it's for dust collection in those cases. No, it's actually not. Is it not? No. Um Okay. What the protector is is it's it's literally a shield that goes around three quarters of the platen. And it's set now the the Pro Five Limited only has one protector. The other sanders they make that come with protectors are the Rotex sanders, which are their they switch between random orbit and this really aggressive what they call Rotex mode. And okay. is it a is it on the Pro Five? Is it a uh, half of the circle portion of the circle? It's about two thirds of the what circle. Is, okay, so most of it. So yeah. basically, what's whatever is away from the where it's directly working. Well, yeah, the hose, well, the, the electrical cord, and the hose come out the back, and the protector covers the front two thirds, something like that. How um, close to to the sanding disc itself does that come? Well, what I was getting at is the Rotex ones. They come with a standard protector, and then you can actually buy—I forget what they're called—but they're different protectors that are closer to the disc. And the point of the protector is that you're sanding a surface, and you bring it up to the adjacent surface, like you're sanding a shelf in a bookcase, and you bring it up to the side, and the protector. S- hits the side and stops the disc from hitting the side. So you can stand up to okay. an edge without damaging the adjoining surface. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd agree with that. Does that, does that. does that make sense, what I'm describing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, your next question of how close to that edge does the disc get, honestly, I'm not 100% sure. Um, it's, it's close, but not exactly at that edge with the standard protectors on the Rotex sanders. And you can buy like smaller protectors that allow the disc to go right to the edge of the protector. With right. the, with I mean, the pr- I, let's, let's be honest. I mean, if you're sanding inside a box, you've got problems getting to the edges no matter what you do. That's true. But like, it, think about sanding like a door panel, a frame and panel assembly, mm-hmm. where with the correct sized protector – it would allow you to sand all but the inside corners with the with the random orbit without without damaging your rails or styles. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that the addition of the protector to this five inch sander is a tangible benefit. Um. But then the other benefit is the power and. Festool being Festool, they don't rate things in horsepower. But that said, it's, it's an electric motor, so I don't think it should do horsepower anyway. The and they don't, but uh, being German, they don't do amps; they do watts. 
Right. They say it's 250 watts, and that is a 25% increase. It is, because the old one is a 200 watt. <laughs> um, but here's the crux of it, is I haven't, you know, I've only had it for a week. I haven't, the pieces I'm working on now, as we described earlier, are flat. Mm-hmm. I haven't done any curved work since I've owned this sander. The real test of the sander will be when I put an interface pad on it and I try to sand a piece of curved work, does the platen spin or does it just vibrate? That yeah. I bought it because it was half the cost. It was $99 mm-hmm. and it was more powerful. So I bought it with the hope that I would be able to sand curved surfaces with it. And I bought it, frankly, with the expectation that it's Festool. So if I don't like it, I can I can sell it and get most of my money back because Festool used you know you try to sell a festival tool you get you do pretty well on on the on the money the the couple of tools that i've had of theirs that i didn't like that i sold a router and um and a drill i i got i made good i made reasonable money i didn't sell them for what i bought them for i didn't sell them for more but i i sold them you know they they hold their value very well so i figured that yeah, I- if it proves to be a piece of crap I could sell it and get most of my money back. It it has a uh, it, it the festival has that name behind it that yeah it will always you know draw attention if, if nothing else it, exactly exactly you some of their tools like it. their sander line I think is well worth it and some of their tools like their drills I think are a complete and utter waste of money I don't see. I have I've owned a Festool drill. I've played with other Festool drills. I've owned lots of other drills in my life. I don't see how their drills bring any tangible advantage. Everything they do is replicable by somebody else. Now, certainly they do it all in one package, but at least in my drills I'd rather have two or three drills and not do it all in one package. But that is besides the point. Um with in this early time while they're getting good, they're going for more than retail on eBay. Okay. Well, then, then, <laughs> well, I may need to do a curved work and see if I put this on eBay. Um, yeah, I mean, see, see, like, I mean, I'm seeing them listed anywhere from 150 to 200. Okay. Well, I tried. I I just took a, a three quarter inch board on edge and I sanded the edge. So it's a five inch disc on a three quarter inch board. Sand, right. Sanding the edge, it worked fine, and then I. I put it on the angle and I kind of rounded over one of the previously square edges and it continued to rotate fine. So I'm optimistic that it will do what I want, but I haven't done it on a true curved piece yet. So I can't quite confirm that, but so far it's doing well that so the price point more power. It seems to do what I want. All good things. The negative. I, no. Okay, real quick, but as you as you mentioned that, and we'll get into that your negative in a second, but I'm looking at a failed bowl that I still have on my bench um, that I tried epoxying the piece that snapped off it back together, and it's just gone, and it's toast. But I do have a nice outside curved edge on it, mm-hmm. so when I get mine, I'm going to try to sand it to see no, how it so. operates against it. Now, bear in mind, when I talk about a curved edge, I'm talking about a board that's maybe an inch wide with a true radius on the edge. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, and, and this this is a uh, maybe three and a half, maybe four inch tall curved bowl. Like it, it's a, it's much taller than it is bending around. It's not like it's a big sweep of a curve. It's actually fairly upright. Okay. But um, the way the way I 
cut it. Um, but it um, it just I mean it's just been sitting here. I, I put stuff in it just because it, it broke apart and it's still fairly bull like. But um, I, I'll um, I'll I'll take it to it. You know, I've got flat things and I've got curved things. I'm gonna now I'm gonna put it through its paces when I get it just to see how it operates. Okay, I'm curious. So your negatives. The negative. What do you okay. got? The Festool sanders all integrate with the Festool vacuum very well. Yes. That do you being, have a Festool vacuum? Yes, I do. I have a okay. I have a CT twenty two. Um. Truth be told, all random orbit sanders interface with vacuums very well, and it's not that Festools do a tangibly better job handling the dust. It's that the Festools do a tangibly better job selling you on the system and on the fact that it should be connected to a vacuum. Um, (laughs) So if you have a random orbit sander connected to a vacuum, it will be better. The problem is it might be a pain in the ass to connect it to a vacuum because I was just looking at them today in the store and the fittings on them are all over the chart. They don't all necessarily fit into a vacuum conveniently. So it might be work to hook it up to a vacuum. But once you do, it it will be worth it. Um, you don't need a Festool sander or a Festool vacuum to get good dust collection out of a sander. With is that, it a – it's a round hose connection at least? It is a round hose connection. And okay. it's small. I don't know what the size of it is off the top of my head. But what I will tell you is that year, they, they haven't made it in many, many years. But years ago – uh, Porta Cable used to make a dust extractor, very similar to the Festool. I believe it was HEPA. It had a plug for the power tool. You could set the you could set the suction level. It looked kind of like the current uh, Dewalt dust extractors do. But we'll, really, when was the last time you saw a Dewalt dust extractor? They have not taken the market by storm. <laughs> yeah, um, no. But. The hose fitting on the end of the port cable hose, and I presume the end of the current DeWalt hose, is the same as the Festool hose. And I have a port cable biscuit joiner. The Festool hose fits it perfectly. Okay. That's good to know, actually. Um, I have a DeWalt router with a dust shroud. Um, and the DeWalt dust shroud had, had two different fittings so that you could use two different hoses on it. But the bigger of the two fittings, because it came up like around the narrow one, the the fitting at the end of the Festool hose, it fit the narrow one perfectly, but it was so thick that it interfered. the big one interfered with it. So I cut the big one off, and now it fits absolutely perfectly. Um, so it's a, I couldn't tell you what the size is, but it's a relatively standard size. That's good to know that they're um, not like – their saw blades are yeah. different. It, you know, that's so. that's very true. Given the fact that the saw blades are in metric, which is radically different than everything here, um, I've been surprised that yeah. the the vacuum side of their hose is regular three and a half inch. Like I have hanging from my ceiling, I have a Festool hose and a rigid hose, and depending on what I'm doing, I put one of the two of them into my CT dust extractor, and they both fit perfectly. Hmm. The diameter of the Festool hose is two-thirds the diameter of the rigid hose, but the rigid hose takes a brush at the end. The Festool doesn't. Um, it just <laughs> depends on what I'm doing is which hose I plug in. But the actual right. point where they plug into the, into the vacuum, it's the exact same fitting. Right. Well, that's good. Um, it, it is. I was pleasantly surprised by that. 
But to get to this sander is I fear it's introducing a new vacuum hose fitting. It is a new vacuum hose fitting, and I fear it will spread across the Festool line. Now, yeah, so how much of this limited run thing do you think is a test market opportunity well, for them? Let me address the vacuum hose first before okay. I get into the limited run because the limited run doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But let me let me just talk about the vacuum hose first if I can. Yeah, um, sure. Standard – the male fitting at the end of any Festool tool that the vacuum hose fits up to has a bunch of ribs on the outside. And – the rubberized female fitting at the end of the vacuum hose has ribs on the inside and they kind of lock over each other and they do a wonderful job of plugging in and out relatively quickly and they make a nice airtight seal and the dust collection is very good. Mm-hmm. When you take them off, there's never any dust in the fitting and over time, the rubberized female fitting on the hose does wear out, but you can buy new ones and they just screw onto the hose. It's it's not oh. a big deal. Okay, that's nice. Um, the male fitting on the new Pro 5 Limited sander does not have the ribs on it. It has this odd configuration that is designed to have a the female fitting slide in and twist and lock. I was going to ask that that seems the other logical way either it's a, a gasket that you're kind of slipping over or is it a an engagement where yeah you're you're really twisting yeah like twist yeah, and this, lock onto it. This is a twist and lock one. Now it comes with a new female fitting to be f- put on the end of the dust extractor hose that has the twist and lock um, fittings. Now it's still rubber, but instead of having a series of ribs on the inside, it's got three like tabs on the inside that you mm-hmm. have to line up an arrow on the nozzle and an arrow on the tool, and then you slide it in and twist it to the side. Hmm. Just the fact that you have to line up two arrows makes it slower because the other way you just grab it and you push it on. You don't have to look at it. So right. you now have to actually stop, put your focus on it, and the arrows are just engraved in black plastic. They're not not—they're not hard to see, but they're not like across the room to see either. So you actually have to really look at it, line it up properly, push it in and twist it. Just that is slower than doing it by feel without having to look at it. Of course. Um, the other thing is that while I've not tried this, I don't see how the new, uh, the new female fitting with the three tabs – will fit every other Festool dust extraction fitting I have in my shop, the whole probably 15 of them, that have three ribs on them. Hmm. Uh, so I've, I will not put it on the end of my hose because for one sander versus the other um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven sanders, router, two dominoes, <laughs> track saw, um, I have enough Festool stuff. I've bought in. Um, I don't see why they would change this. This fitting wasn't broken. Why are they changing it? I don't understand it. Only annoying me. I wonder um, with, but you know, is the, is this a move forward? Or was this a thing because they knew it was limited? Um, in the fact that they were giving you an adapter with it, they knew it was obviously going to be a problem for people who owned 
like many I'm sure festival owners do, multiple systems and existing hoses and stuff for it. Um, but uh, that's um, it's it's that's an interesting move. It I you know uh, for them. I, I mean, I would years? I would take I would not use the word interesting. I would say frustrating. Well, frustrating. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, I mean, they've been around for decades. Uh, their their dust extraction and tool systems obviously have been in line with each other for a long time. Why would you bring something out that, unless that is somehow more adaptable to things other than Festool dust extractors, more than more so than the previous, which you've already stated, it is pretty seamless. Yeah, the, there was nothing wrong with the previous system. Um, not in my experience, that is and I. I don't know, you know, the only person I know who has, you know, ever had an issue with these fittings that I'm aware of is Paul Leminski, Canadian Woodworks. And his issue has not been with the quick connect of the vacuum, but with the quick connect electrical plugs. And he uses his sanders so much for such long extended period of time, so he actually burns out the, the quick connect plug and has to buy new plugs. Uh, but that is another story. Um, yeah. The, the old female fitting at the end of the hose with the ribs will fit over this new quick log male fitting on the sander. But here's the rub is when you take it apart, the crevices within the male fitting, the quick lock slots Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are caked in sawdust. Now, and when you undo it, does all that sawdust just fall to the floor? It, yeah, it falls to the floor. It just, it makes a mess. Um, what yeah. I do is now I I turn the vacuum from automatic back to manual so that it's sucking when I disconnect the fitting and then it so sucks it out as it goes. Right. But that requires me to bend down, switch, throw the lever, pull it apart, throw the lever back. Um, the way I have my sander cart hooked up where all my sanders hang from the two sides of the cart and I have the hose and the, the power cord hooked up to the boom – attached to the front of the cart, what I will do like on when I'm making this wall art is I will have each of the sanders set up with a different grit and I will just move through multiple sanders rather than switch out the paper on a given sander. And once I put a board in the vise on the table, it's quicker to switch through sanders than it is to, you know, unlock and relock the board and do everything to 80 and then everything to 120 and then everything to 180. You know, it, it's, I've got it, my workflow set up so it's easier to switch sanders. And that workflow doesn't include bending down, throwing the switch on the vacuum, unplugging it <laughs> while it's sucking and then throwing the switch back. Now, admittedly, that's not a big thing, but it breaks right. up the workflow. And It's a pretty nice luxury to have different sanders so that oh, you don't have to change grit. It's the way I was raised. Um, when I grew up, there wasn't, I I say this, I don't know how fucking long this has been. And I, excuse excuse my profanity, but, um, the the first random, you know, I grew up using Makita square vibrating sanders that weren't random Mm -hmm. orbit. Mm -hmm. And it was like this huge, big improvement when we switched to random orbit sanders as a kid. And I don't know if it was my dad's preference or it was because the, the, adhesive-backed paper predated the Velcro paper. I think that's what it was, is that the, the adhesive-backed paper predated the Velcro. 
So okay. with the adhesive back paper, it was a pain in the ass to switch the paper. So he always had he always had two random orbit sanders, and what he would do is he would keep his coarsest paper on the old square vibrating block sander, and then put the finer paper on the two random orbits and just switch sanders rather than switch papers. Okay. But back in the day, a peel and sti- you know, p- uh, pressure-sensitive applied paper, once you peeled it off, you were throwing it away. You weren't resticking it. So it ultimately made more sense to buy three sanders at $8 a piece than to keep throwing away paper as you were going through the grits. Okay. Um, now with Velcro backed paper, it's less relevant, but ultimately, for the most part, the different sanders do different things and allow me to do different things. In straight flat production work, I set them all up with different grits and I just move through the sanders. But when I talk about the curved work, they really have different purposes. Okay. Um. So. Hmm. Yeah, so that's the long and the short of the Pro 5 Limited. For $100, was it worth it? I'm going to say it probably was. So far, it was. Um, But this new dust port is dumb, and they should go back to the old dust port. I don't see any (laughs) tangible improvement, and I see a tangible uh, deficiency added to the product. Okay. Um, But now, should people buy it? I don't think well, they can't. people can, exactly. Um, yeah, unfortunately, who, those who have it, have it, and those who don't, can't. I was on the Festool website, as I said, a couple days ago, and I was looking, trying to look up the Pro 5 Limited, and I could not find it at all. Now, you say you just found it on the site, but you were searching for the Pro 5 Limited, not I necessarily going to the site. I specifically Pro 5 Limited, and I came up to a no longer or sold out message. Okay. See, when you go on the festival site and you look under Sanders, the profile limited is nowhere to be found. Yeah. I'm very curious of what their motive was. Now, when you look up the older Sander, the ETS 125 EQ, it's out of production. Yeah. So they have no five inch Sander currently. They have no brushed five inch Sander. Okay. They seem to have moved exclusively to their brushless five-inch sanders, which came out a couple years ago. Um, but the problem becomes the Pro 5 Limited was a deal at 100 bucks. Sure. The ETS-125 is a list price of either 185 or 195 I don't remember, but it's close to $200. And the five-inch brushless sander I should look this up. It's either three or four hundred dollars. Wow, quite a difference. It's quite a difference. Um, and from what I understand, I have personally not used the brushless sander because since I have the full complement of brushed sanders, <laughs> the thought of having to buy new sanders makes me cry. Um, and I have not seriously looked into the brushless ones. Um. Okay, so. My only experience with brush versus brushless is with remote control. See, <laughs> I've used lots of brushless drills. The brushless drills are tangibly better than the brush to drills. Okay. Um, while I have heard nothing but good things about the Merca Cirros sander, which is a brushless sander. Um, okay. The fact that it operates on a dead man paddle switch, not a, not a proper on-off switch, 
is a deal killer mm-hmm. for me. Like I, the yeah, fact that right. I can turn this on and then move my hand around and I don't have to keep my palm pressing down on the top of it to keep it running is a benefit. Um, okay. I don't, I, I've never, I've never felt that switch to see what, what kind of issue that would be. But I, I was, when I first saw that Cirrus, I was like, Oh man, I mean, that seems really well, slick, the C- but from an air actuated sander kind of, well, ex- exactly. A, and just a plug. Cirrus was very slick in that the sander itself is DC and the inverter is separate, so it's like a power brick for your for your laptop. Only it's a power brick for your sander, mm-hmm. um, which gets a lot of dead weight out of the sander, making the actual sander much lighter. I've never used it, but I've like held it in the store, um, and it's it's much lighter. It's maneuverable. It seems like a very good sander, but the fact that you have to keep your hand pressed down on the top of it to keep it on struck me as always a problem. Certain tools, a grinder, I want a dead man switch. I don't want to just flip it on and let it keep running because right. if it slips and it cuts me, I want it to, to turn off the second it's it's it slips. It's out of your hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So a dead man switch on a grinder, brilliant idea. Should be should be mandated. It's the only way to do a grinder, I think. But on a sander, no, because sometimes with these, what I will say about the about the Festool, at least they're random orbit tanders. This is not true of the Rotex is they're fairly well balanced and you can literally like hold the hose a few inches away and like wave it back and forth and the sander will float across the wood you have to set your vacuum to the middle not not high not low but the middle that's the best vacuum setting for sanding um and it does a great job do i want to be pressing down on the top to maintain the tool being on no if i'm sanding for a long time i want to be able to move my hand around so that's my big complaint about the Saros. The Festool is a little bit less elegant a brushless device. It has a block that kind of hangs off the back. But still, it seems like a very nice machine. But again, the standard ETS-125, the old brushed model, is $195 roughly. Mm -hmm. The limited edition Pro 5 Limited, $99. Mm -hmm. The new 5-inch Random Orbit, it's $385. So we're talking almost $400 for a brushless five-inch sander, which is no, com- so, competitive with the price of the Cirros, but not competitive with any other five-inch random orbit sander on the market. Right. And it went from everyone um, else at 100 and they're at 200 to everyone else at 100 and they're at 400. <laughs> so um, I just noticed on the on the write-up, the dust port is mentioned. Sorry to, to call okay. back to that, well, but I want to look up something else while we're talking. But um, interlocking dust port works with the latest generation of CT connectors for improved retention. So improved I wonder retention. if the new, yeah, I wonder if the new dust collectors hoses. Have my, that. my newest dust collector hose is probably a year old, but it still has mm-hmm. the ribs. Um, I have two, yes. I have two dust collector hoses and they're both the old style, I guess. Um, Was there ever a problem with those slipping off? Cause they say, in my retention. experience, never. They're fixing a problem that doesn't have. Because here's the reality is there's a power cord also. Now, the power cord does twist and lock. So you're not going to pull the power cord out. But the fact of the matter is, at least for me, I have my power cord attached to my vacuum hose with zip ties. Um, Okay. I have never had an issue with pulling one out like... I look at their cordless tools, and I've had a handful of their cordless tools, 
But when their cordless tools need to be attached to the vacuum, the cordless is not a benefit. <laughs> like, if I've got a vacuum hose running to it, what the hell difference is it if I have a hose, uh, a power cord running to it? Um, I had their their newer cordless jigsaw, the Carvex, I think it's called. I okay. had one. What? A, I was not happy with it. Um, <laughs> I had it for about six months. And I kept trying to like it, and I could never bring myself to like it. I just, but it was cordless, and it was like, but every time I plug it into a hose, what is it? Like, I need, I need a vacuum and power to plug it into a hose. Now, okay, I guess I could plug it into, you know, run it without a hose. But I'm not working on a job site. I'm not hanging off the side of a building using it. I'm using it in my shop. What the hell difference is it just plug it in? So the the pull out of the hose, it's a, as far as I'm yeah, concerned, it's a non-issue. Maybe maybe if right. you're a professional using this in the field every single day, that mail fitting wears out over time. But buy a new mail fitting, for God's sakes. Like, right. If they're replaceable, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, we'll have to keep our eyes on what they're doing going forward because it seems like oh, again by the by the verbiage in their little write up, it's like oh yeah, this is the new way, you know. And I don't know how often Festools ever change their things, and they're not an every year bring on a new model kind of company, as far as I know. No, they, not they, often. And you no, know, they bring out something they hold with it for a fairly long time. I'm looking at a picture of the of the new. Um, the brushless one, mm-hmm. and it appears to have the old style dust collector nozzle on it. Okay, I can't be a hundred percent sure of the angle they're showing. Oh no, no, it definitely has a, the. It definitely has the old dust collection nozzle on it. Also, I don't know what they're doing. Trying something new. Yeah, maybe. I mean, honestly, it might be just a test thing. They're gonna they're gonna hear about people liking or not liking the new connection type, and. Uh, Maybe they'll they'll do something with that. Well, I don't like it. <laughs> In case I, that wasn't clear, I think we can tell. <laughs> uh, but you'll have to let us know when you get yours because you should have yours in what a week or two. I I hope what he said was yeah the guy I was emailing was that yeah again like however it was third wave and it was first expected by February fifth and then it was maybe February twelfth or whatever so it's a I'm on a week by week at this point to see it. Um, okay. I'm not worried. Again, I, I don't doubt for the, for the, and it'd be a valuable purchase. Um, given my current state, I'm in need of a decent working sander. And for the price, it's, it's cheaper than the Bosch that needs repair. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I don't think I'll be terribly, you know, moved one way or the other about it. I'm excited to have a piece of festival in the shop. But other than that, I I, I think <laughs> it, it, it's a I reasonably good sandwich with it. And for the price, it's well, even with my complaint, it is well worth the price. Yeah. I, I, and I, again, back, I mean, back to the availability thing. I wish for what they did. Um, I, 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 I'm curious, like, again, the pricing is, is all over the, well, not all over the board, but they tend to be a, uh, higher end price range kind of you know offering company um and here they brought out this thing that was literally comparable if not cheaper than competitors um well, you say cheaper i don't know of anyone's five inch random orbit that was more expensive than a hundred dollars no i end. guess so, so it, it's right there I, yeah God, but, God, but it's it's you know ninety dollars versus a hundred it's it's competitive 
versus yeah, you know, sure. ninety dollars versus sure. one ninety. It'll be interesting to see if this is a move for them to to open up that way, to make it more powerful, less stroke. How that factored into their their price structure, where they, you know, I, I get the brushed or brushless motor is a is a bigger difference than the the internal operation of the sanding um, itself. But uh, you know, I mean, you're talking a hundred to hundred fifty two hundred dollar difference between you know what they've had before and what they are now, but currently yeah. there's no non brushless version out there. I mean, it's, it's a very interesting, you know, offering from them. I think they're just drag, trying to drag everyone to the future and that they're only offering brushless sanders at this point, at least in terms of the random orbit. That could be, it and really I say could that be. I don't think, let me just check one thing in terms of the, <laughs> in terms of the six inch, I don't think that they're, Available quite the same way. Let me just see. Um, but I will say the six inch are kind of bulky. Like the six inch still seem to be available in the old uh, brush. I don't know if you can version. My dad has a Bosch six inch that he got time ago. I don't even know if they offer that still. I've heard. No, no, the the Bosch, the Bosch make a number of different six inches. I've heard very good things about the Bosch. Bosch makes okay. one that it's like vibration free, and there's an internal body and an external body, and there's dampers between them, and it's supposed to be phenomenal in terms of its balance. Really? Wow. Um, yeah, and it's it's not it's not cheap, but it's cheaper than the equivalent Festool, and it actually comes <laughs> with interchangeable platen, so it can be five or six inch. Okay, that's pretty cool. And then. Bosch does make their version of a Rotex where – and, you know, Rigid does too and so does Makita. But I think all the Bosch and all everyone else does is change the the orbit size so it goes to a much wider orbit. So it's more aggressive whereas the Rotex truly locks in with gearing and it's no longer random orbit. It's this Rotex gearing. So it's not circular. It's not it's, circular. It's like – you know what a spider – Exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. It's okay. spirograph. It wobbles okay. as it rotates in a circle. So it's this wobbly circle. Um, right. But the problem that I have at least with the Rotex is I use them in Rotex mode. But in random orbit mode, they're next to useless. Um, I have in the, comparison I have, to the random orbit standards. Yeah. They, they're, they're grippy and they're jumpy and they're not smooth to use. I have I have the RO90, the RO125, and the RO150 and they're all the same in that they're – they're poor. Um, they're poor random orbit sanders. Hmm. But that's why I have the random orbit sanders because I use them each for different things. Right. I wish the the Rotex when they switched to random orbit mode would do a nice job. But compared to an actual random orbit sander, they they don't do a nice job. <laughs> All right. So. I fear we well, have I made, I, we may have talked these Sanders to death, but <laughs> we may have. But I'm 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 glad we got a chance to talk about it. Like, you know, I'm a little upset that I didn't have mine to talk at the same time. But um, I'm, again, I'm kind of I'm I'm similar. I'm, I'm interested to see who else. I think it was a big, I mean, it was a big fire sale. Everybody that wanted one of these things jumped on it. Exactly. So it's only a matter of time before all things most be equal. It was basically it. it was it was more powerful and half the price. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, 
yeah, I'll be interested to see where they're going from here. Um, interesting to see what kind of addiction it spurs in me once I get a piece of the green in my shop. What What do you have for a shop vac? Uh, a small six gallon shop vac, branded shop vac. Okay, there are static versus non-static issues here that I don't fully understand. Okay. The standard Festool hoses are static conducting, I think, which, if I remember correctly, allows the static electricity to dissipate through the hose, preventing you from getting shocked. I think that is the case. So they have a coil in their outer, like, internal coil thing that's kind Pres- of... Presumably. Um, yeah. I think it's actually the special plastics that will conduct, I think, is what right. it is. Um, or if you're like my dad, who just wrapped a copper wire around all of his hosing in the corrugations. Okay. And that, that lands on a thing that just rests on the floor. That would do it, but that's a lot of copper wire. As I stare at these corrugations. And he doesn't have massive runs of it. It it lives in about a six foot space, but it just moves around. Okay. If you're connecting that hose to, and it's the same hose for the saw, the joiner, the planer. Okay. He's doing it on his dust collection hose. Yes, but I mean, it, it, it's still just a shop vac. He just has a shop vac on wheels. He doesn't have a oh, okay. collector. But it's it is for that purpose. It's for for okay. It's funny. Storage. I turned around and I'm grabbing the hose of my dust collector right now, and I have the Rockler, or the expanding one, the whatever the, the dust right. I think it is. And right. It has a copper coil embedded in it. It's clear plastic. I can see the copper coil right now. No, oh, there you go. Um, but it's not really touching to anything that's grounded. But in any event, um, Festool makes an alternate hose that is, I believe, I believe the standard one is conducting and the alternate is non-conducting, but I may have them reversed. Okay. Um, but the standard one is like $110, $120 hose. The alternate one is dramatically cheaper. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you what it costs, but it is cheaper. And it's... And how long are those? Um, I mean, 10 feet, 6 feet? 6 feet, roughly, maybe, Something like that. About 6 feet, 5 feet. They're not particularly damn. long. But for 120 uh, damn. Okay, so here's what I'm getting at is Bosch makes a dust extractor. From what I understand, it's a very good dust extractor. Um, And their hose is basically the same in terms of the different fitting sizes. Their nozzle is the same size as the Festool nozzle. Their their port that fits into the vacuum is the same size. And the Bosch hose that, that does not conduct electricity and is not grounding I believe is the way it is but whatever the Festool one is it's the opposite of the standard Festool hose it's $34 on Amazon something like that $30 $33 it's, it's in the low 30s so okay. like, the setup I have with my Bosch miter saw is I have the absolute smallest rigid shop vac they make connected to a 5 gallon bucket with a dust deputy um, right and this Bosch hose that plugs into my goes from the dust deputy to the Bosch vacuum, to the Bosch saw. But the fittings on the Bosch hose and the Bosch saw, I could plug my my Festool thing right into it. It's all the same. Like I was saying before, it's that same common fitting size. Um, but the Bosch hose was thirty odd dollars. Now, Festool is the only company yeah. I'm aware of who says you have to 
either do the static or the non-static. I don't remember which way it goes, but they, you have to do that because when I first set my regular dust deputy up to my CT and I, I shared a picture of it, everyone was like, no, no, you can't do that. So I called Oneida, and clearly Oneida has been threatened by a lawsuit from Festool because the staff at Oneida was only willing to say all this stuff doesn't work, and this other one has passed testing but wasn't willing to properly say it worked. They were like, clearly, there were things they were not allowed to say. Wow. Um, so I broke down and I bought – they make a special dust uh, dust deputy that is designed for the Festool vacuum, and it's the black one versus the clear or the white and again, it it either does or does not conduct, but it's the opposite of the standard one, and it's designed to integrate with everything so you don't short anything out. Long story short is you get the Festool sander. I would definitely say connect it to a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And that's the ultimate. Yeah, yeah that's I, the intention. For, for sure. the time being, buy the buy the cheapest Bosch hose you can. It'll fit yeah. your existing vacuum. It'll fit your your Festool sander, and then you're good to go. Hmm. That sounds like a plan. I think I'll do that. <laughs> Again, I gotta, I gotta get it and try it. And admittedly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna first try it without anything, as I'm used to using my sander, and uh, and see where it takes me from there. But did you, um, did you buy paper? I have not yet. You'll have to. Okay. Oh, Here's the thing: with unlike the sanders themselves, the Festool paper is not tangibly more expensive than anyone else's paper okay is it and is it the size that is the whole pattern different the whole pattern and the biggest difference when you're talking five inch sander the biggest difference with the festool hole pattern is that festool has a center hole no one else does Hmm. but from what i understand having talked to a gentleman who is no longer our local festool rep but was is that as you look around the platen there are these rectangular slots and that rectangular slot feeds into the center hole and the outer holes feed up through the platen into the vacuum. So what it's designed to do is to pull air from the outside into the center hole and then it goes across the platen to the outside of the platen up the outer ring of holes. And it creates – this is a little Pollyannish to describe it this way, but it creates like a cushion of air. And that's why you put it – put your vacuum to the medium setting and it's right. enough air that it'll it'll move the dust properly but not so much air that it sucks it down to the table and doesn't let it move around. Um, because their argument – Festool's argument is that everyone else puts the holes to suck the dust up, up out of but where's the – you know, you need an intake to feed all that outtake. Where is this air coming from? So you're dragging air from the outside edge to the first outer ring of holes, and the middle doesn't get any dust collection. Okay. So their and- argument is that because they're pulling air from the middle across to the outside and from the outer edge into the outside, that they're getting better dust collection. Again, if you hook any of them up to a hose, they do a good job. But I will say, on the Festools, I've tried the Abernet paper on the mm-hmm. Festool vacuums, and as much as I like the Abernet paper, which is by Merca, um, it's a, it's a for anyone who doesn't know, it's like a mesh paper. It doesn't have holes. Yeah, you can just see through the whole thing. Exactly. Um, right. 
the Festool paper works better on the Festool sanders. And if you if you were to use someone else's paper, I I don't see how the dust collection would work properly. I think it would screw it up. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. I I'm no, I'm going to go look at getting a, a a grit assortment of Festool paper now that I've got. I don't know if they it. still do, but they used to sell a sustainer with five inch sure. paper in it. Then just a oh, array of it, yeah. It, it had this this plastic insert that actually held five different stacks of the five inch paper, mm-hmm. and it was I think it was eighty through three twenty if I remember correctly. Like in the drawers I keep my paper in, I have I took the insert out of that sustainer and I've got it filled with paper. Um, I think that's what it was, and it's okay. not cheap for the sustainer, but the paper. I will say this about the paper is it lasts a long time. I I. When I buy new Festool paper, it's because I need different grits and different sizes. I've yet to actually run out of any of them. Like they lo- they last a very long time. I will give them that. It's good paper. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we move off the Festool, let me just talk about one thing, and then I think we should wrap this up because yeah. even with all the technical difficulties we've had, I think we're running up quite a bit long at this point. Yeah. Um, I have the sander cart that holds all my sanders in it. And yes. I have all the sustainers for these sanders. The sustainers are taking up space in my attic. And I've come to the realization that I will never use them. Um, never, ever. Never, ever, ever, ever. Okay. Unless, I, for some reason, I become a job site contractor and I need to put them all in the back of my truck. In that case, but until that day, they're wonderful. But if you're working in a shop, they're a tremendous waste of time. Uh, waste of space, rather. Excuse me. And time, because you have to open and close them. If if you have a cart, as you've made. Even if you don't have a cart, put them in a drawer. Put them in something. Like, with my cart, the six, seven, the eight Festool sanders that hang on the cart, plus the three grinders, and and the two-thirds of the paper, which include five-inch, 60-grit to 400-grit, and... 90 millimeter. I don't remember what that is. That's the smaller one. I don't know if that is in inches, but I have that from like 24 grit to like a thousand grit. Um, and I have some, I have different platins in it. I have the interface pads in it, like lots of accessories for them. The only thing I don't have in this cart is my high grit six inch paper. Everything else fits in the cart. Um, it takes the, the the cart beyond the fact that it rolls and it has the vacuum most connected to it. I think I think it's a very worthwhile project for the shop, and it's not that hard to build. I'll gladly, anyone who has questions about my cart, hit me up on on social media or email me or whatever, and I'll gladly t- tell you how to make it. I think it's it's one of the more worthwhile shop projects I've made. But that being said, even if you just keep them in a drawer or in a cabinet or under your bench, the sustainers are a tremendous waste of time. A waste of space. Okay. I've said that now twice, but it's a waste of space, not time. <laughs> um, I, I, I just assumed that it was a nice, you know, inner stackability that you just have this wall of sustainers. Well, uh, okay. And the newer sustainers. But then when you need to get the third one down, is that where it becomes? Exactly. The newer sustainers allow you to open the bottom one with all the top ones still attached, but that's not practical because you got a tool hanging off the top of it. So it's just. That's kind of neat, but in most cases, not practical. And right. right now, if I want sander, I reach behind me and I pull it off the rack and I have it. The other way is I take this sustainer and I uncouple it from the ones above and below it and I pull it out. And I put it on a flat surface and I open it up and I pull the sander out. I I see where that's a pain. E- exactly. 
I get um, it. Imagine keeping your block plane in the box it came in. Like, <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Right. And if you kept them in your car, you'd keep it in a box. But when you keep it in your shop, you put it in a rack of some sort. Right. Um, so needless to say, I have a a stack of sustainers up in my attic. And I you can buy just the sustainers and they're not cheap. So mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to just toss them, but I've come to the realization I will never ever use them. So I say that because anyone who might be interested in sustainers, now they will have the original plastic inserts that are molded to the specific tool that may have come in it. Nothing else. I'm keeping my cords and things. But if anyone out there has a desire or a need or a use they can think of for these old sustainers, please let me know and I'll gladly give them to you. Um, If you're anywhere local to me, please come pick them up. If you want me to ship them to you, I'm going to have to ask you to pay for shipping. But that's all you're paying for. I'm not selling them. You can have them for free. I just – I don't want to pay to ship them out. That Um, is a bargain. I, if you have a use for them, it is a bargain. I, I don't know what you'd use them for, quite frankly. Um, I've been intrigued. I think it's Woodcraft sells one that's converted to a cooler, but it's oh, it's really cool because it's a sustainer that's a cooler, but it's really dumb because it's such a small cooler. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I I don't know. Like, please impress me. Like, show me what you're gonna do with them, and I'll be like, oh, I was such an idiot for giving them away, but here, take them. Do that. Um, I don't know what to do with them. They're just taking up space in my attic. So if anybody wants some sustainers, even if you you buy a bunch of really crappy Harbor Freight sanders and put them in the sustainers and impress your friends. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, but if you if you can think of a use for them, just hit me up and I'll I'll, I'll give them to you. I, I don't need these things. Uh, so hopefully that gets a bunch of sustainers out of my attic. So with that, yeah. unless there's anything you want to add, Sean, let's move past the sanders. I say that's an okay plan. Um, you know what's going on right about now, or or I guess soon, as we're recording it, is there is a ton of woodworking content, live woodworking content to to attend and absorb knowledge, or meet people, or all of the above. Wait, wait, there's live woodworking content. There are not just pre-recorded podcasts. I guess I hear um, there's live things on um on. On Hangouts. <laughs> well, there, yeah, there are a lot of things on Hangouts. There are, um, yeah, anyway. But no, um, it, it, and as just as I was putting the notes together tonight, I was like, well, there really are a lot. And I just kind of I bullet pointed. So there, seek out information as you see fit because there's a ton of it. But we've got Fine Woodworking Live uh, coming up uh, April 21st to 23rd in Southbridge, Massachusetts. We've got we, Handworks. Yes. May 19th to 20th in Amana, Illinois. Iowa. Amana, Iowa. Excuse me. That's what the IL stands for, not the IL. In that same weekend, Weekend with Wood in Des Moines, Iowa. And the woodworking shows are moving across the country. I believe ours are coming in a week or two. Yeah. So go go to yours. Um, I I missed the Columbus one. Um. I, but I did hear the Woodworking 360. Uh, they did a couple kind of quick fire shows. More, I think a little more often than they usually put them out. But they they interviewed a couple a couple people that were going to be at the show. So uh, if you were in, the Columbus, I don't think they're they're not attending this year, are they? No, they did. Oh, okay. I'm almost positive they did. Oh well, no, you know what? But maybe not. But they got the um, 
They got Alex Snodgrass um, in, the one I just re- listened to recently, which is only from like last yes. week. They had Alex yes. Snodgrass, but they talked about how it took Alex 90 minutes An to hour and drive a half or something like that, from the yeah. shows to their shop. Yeah, you might be right. Maybe um, they're not. But at any rate, um, yeah, it's, it's probably a, still worth going, even if you don't get to make get to make fun of Glenn and Chuck in person. <laughs> true story, true story, um, and all sorts of stuff. I mean, I think uh, what it was for was giving away tickets to them, and they're only what ten or twelve dollars tickets, anyways. You know, if they're in your area, please, my God, go check them out. Yeah, no, no, it, you're you're right in that. Is they're absolutely worth going to. No doubt about it. Uh, all right. Well, does that bring us to our fortnightly beer choices? I believe it does. All right. Well, I haven't even entered mine in yet, but uh, I, I will say uh, tonight um, something that is very fitting for this time of year in Northwest Ohio, um, as the weather is fluctuating massively. Actually, it's going to be sixty tomorrow, and it's going to be thirty the day after. Yikes. Um, yeah, it's just whatever. We're we're in a weird weird uh time right now but uh, i picked up new holland's cabin fever okay. uh brown ale um a good medium brown ale i'm not a huge brown ale fan but um it's it's good Pick i have to try it i like a good brown ale a, medi- a mediocre to poor brown ale doesn't do it for me but a good brown <laughs> ale can be fantastic yeah well let's see yeah i mean nothing nothing uh nothing earth shattering about it but it is a good brown ale Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys get New Holland out there, but we get some. Uh, New Holland just kind of expanded this summer. Was our oh. first summer with New Holland. Um, I've not seen their brown ale, but uh, we do. We are starting to get it. There you go. So check out Cabin Fever mm-hmm. if you can find it. And what about you? Um, mine will be uh, my Allagash Triple Ale. Mm-hmm. You lucky Allagash bastard. <laughs> Um, I I just don't get any Allagash. No, and you probably don't get Main Beer Company either because they're even harder to get. I've never heard of that. Uh, they're at a they're at a uh, Portland, Maine, and um, my sister in law was. I don't know whether she was up in Maine or not, but she lives in Massachusetts, and she texted me on Saturday. She's like, "So I'm going to Main Beer Company. What do you want?" Uh, <laughs> so next time I see her, apparently I'm getting a nice little treasure trove from Main Beer Company. That's pretty um, nice. The last time I was in Maine, I was well under drinking age. So I have <laughs> no idea. Well, you got to go back. We're, uh, we just, <laughs> we're probably going up in like April or something. I'm gonna, Are you? Yeah. Think, it, uh, it's, it's been since the late nineties since I've been to Maine. You should definitely go back. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Family we can hang out with, um, mm? crap. Bernhardt. Thank you. Brendan, that's his name. Brendan. Brendan. Yep. I, I want to say uh, Braxton, and I know Braxton's out in Nevada in Las Vegas, so yes. I knew it wasn't Braxton, yes. but I, I was I could not think of Brendan. Yep. Uh, who, uh, humble plug, uh, has his sectors on sale now? He does. He so, does. Uh, if you don't or are interested in them from our previous uh, interview or any other time that you've seen them online, uh, they're available. Go get them. I've uh, somebody I saw has you know posted his shipping announcement that he's finally getting the thing he ordered at WIA. So <laughs> it's been a long time coming, um, but they're out. I don't know when I, I look at his dividers, and it strikes me as cons- understanding now how he makes them. Mm-hmm. I think they are underpriced. Yes, 
and I'm amazed that he ships as many as he does. Like they're they're beautiful, they're extremely accurate, and yes. while okay, some of the work is done with a CNC. That's just the start of it. All the wood is milled yeah. by hand, and then there's a CNC, huge portion and then he, absolutely exactly. Then he does the inking of them and the inlay of them. There's the little brass pins that are inlaid. It's an mm-hmm. incredible amount of work. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's labor of love, and and he's I, I guess lucky to be as successful as he has been so far. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're really really cool. If you don't know what we're talking about, check them out. Yeah, Bernhardtmade dot com. Yeah. All right. And with my yawn, uh, that just about wraps us up for this show. Um, when we started, it was daylight. I know. As my God, if you haven't already, uh, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google play music. Uh, just search for the modern woodworkers association. Then you'll never miss any of our new exciting episodes. Just like this one. Uh, while you're there, leave us a review, please. And, um, Thank you for listening to the Modern Woodworkers Association. If you like the show, be sure to visit Modern Woodworkers Association. Um, I may ultimately get around to writing up an actual review of this little sander that we've spent the last God knows how long talking about. (laughs) I took a bunch of pictures of the intent of writing a review. We'll see how that goes. You can follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national. You like the MWA on Facebook or circle Modern Woodworkers Association on Google+. The best thing you can do is to tell a friend because word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion. And I am Sean Wisniewski of the Corner Workshop. I'm at SeanW78 on uh, most of the social medias. I am Diami Plotke of the Penultimate Woodshop. You can find me at ModernWoodworkersAssociation.com at Diami Plotke on Twitter, or uh, look me up on Facebook. There you go. And so with that. With that, um, hook your sander up to a vacuum and go make something smooth. <laughs> and let us know if you've got any opinions other than ours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Regardless of what your opinion is, let us know. <laughs> let us know. Yeah, Sean, I'm getting like every fourth word. <laughs>